you know that wisdom, Allah gives it to whoever He wants and whoever has been given wisdom has been given a tremendous good. And in describing the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, يُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ That the Prophet Sallallahu taught people the Qur'an and he taught them wisdom. Most ulama, they said that wisdom is وَدْعُوا شَيْفِ Right, is to put something in its right place. So hikmah is the ability to put something in the right place ensuring that it aligns with the foundations of our religion, the foundations of deen, meaning that it is upon the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, we have been going through the hikam, alhamdulillah, mashallah, and we reached now the sixth wisdom of Imam Ibn Ta'Allah. The hikam, of course, as a book, the hikam, meaning the hikamat, the wisdoms are merely an attempt to explain what the Prophet ﷺ called Kenzmin Kanuzil Jannah, a treasure from paradise, is the statement that there is nothing that happens nor power except by Allah. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And I made a mistake, I said the first 15, but actually the first 25 hikam address those things that could potentially come between us and God in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first one was like, is not framing our deeds in the right way. Uh, the second one was like impulsive, emergent religiosity or impulsive moves towards the dunya. The third is like, is like passions, and what I'm passionate about not occurring, so I get frustrated. Um, the fourth is about anxiety, stress, and depression. Like give yourself a break from thinking about the past. And then responsibilities is where we stopped, right? The fifth. Right? That you you working hard for what's been guaranteed for you and neglecting what's been commanded of you is a sign of your blindness or short-sightedness. That takes us now to the sixth. And this one really is, is something powerful because you remember, I said that these affect different types of people. Like it doesn't, the hikam isn't only for like the righteous. The hikam is for, for everybody. We all have different stages of religiosity that we're experiencing. It's very important that we respect that and understand that when dealing with people. So like maybe someone who doesn't pray, starting to pray once a day for them is the same like strength that say someone who prays all the sunnan, who already prays the five prayers exhibits. But that's the strength that's fitting for their maqam, for their situation. And a smart person understands this. That's why the Prophet wasallam, his Answers aren't uniform. 
whose deeds are the best, what are the best deeds, O Messenger of Allah? And the answer is different because the question, the sa'il, haluhu takhtarif an ghayrihi, his situation is different than another person's situation. His spiritual state is different than another person's spiritual state. And his life is different than another person's life. His environmental furnishings are different. So the Prophet was called Takhrij al Manat and Tahqiq al Manat. We'll talk about this in Usul al Fiqh in the fifth year, inshallah. When it comes to fatwa, it's very important to understand people and to know that people are all not the same. So these hikam are for different people. And this sixth one, man, it applies to everybody because it talks about unanswered dua. Like nothing has snarled, snarled people. Like I run into people all the time who are like, my dua wasn't answered, like my iman is going down. Like our relationship with Allah is not one where we have purchased God. God owns us. Allah has purchased the lives and the properties of the believers for paradise. So this is not a utilitarian relationship. This is not about efficacy in the world. Like, because I may not know. You know, just because I want something doesn't mean it's good for me. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Your Lord says, call upon me, I will answer you. So people tend to think, oh, that means my dua has to be answered. Sometimes people make another, you know, I, if, if, if Allah does this for me, I'll do this, which is highly discouraged uh, in our religion. Although it was allowed in some of the sharias before us, like if you read Surah Ali Imran, we don't necessarily make dua knowing with a hundred percent certainty that what we're asking for is best. That's why we asked God, because God knows. But sometimes it's frustrating and it's not easy. So the Sheikh, he says something very beautiful. He says, do not allow the delayed distance, right? The long distance in the absence of your, your gift coming to you. Do not allow the delay in the gift. And the gift here means like what you and I see is like we're asking for in dua. With ha. Ilhah means like you're making dua, I'm making dua like with our entire being. Like we're putting everything into that dua. That's ilhah. Ilhah. So the Sheikh says, La yakunu ta'akharu amadil atai ma'a ilhai fi dua. Do not allow the delayed response in the gift you want, coupled with your passionate supplication. Mm. Do not allow that to be a cause of your despair. SubhanAllah, man. It's a beautiful one. Ma'a ilhahi fi dua. 
Eh? Don't allow the delayed response while you're really making super 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 powerful dua. Don't allow that to cause you to despair. This also goes back to the first hikam. Do I trust in my dua? Or do I trust in the one who responds to my dua? And then he explains why, Rahimahullah uh, Ta'ala, he says very beautifully, Fahuwa subhanahu wa ta'ala damina lakal ijaba. Because Allah has promised, guaranteed, that He will answer you. Fahuwa damina lakal ijaba. Allah has promised He will respond to you. We know the hadith says there are numerous ways in which dua can be responded to, right? The dua can be answered. The dua is answered in the hereafter with something better. Harm is removed from us in this world. And there's a beautiful hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that Sayyidina Jibreel will say, Ya Rabbi, aqdi hajata. Oh Allah, answer his or her dua. And Allah will say, Da'u, da'uha, leave them for inni uhibbu and asma'a sawta. I love to hear his or her voice. So, SubhanAllah, sometimes when our dua is not being answered, we should remind ourselves Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala loves to hear our dua. Allahu Akbar, MashaAllah, MashaAllah. فَإِنَّهُ ضَمِنَ لَكَ الْإِجَابَةِ Allah has guaranteed you the answer. فِي مَا يَخْتَارُهُ In the way which He chose for you. لَا فِي مَا تَخْتَارُهُ لِنَفْسِكِ Not in the way you chose for yourself. So the first is we trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer the dua with his with his transcendent knowledge. We suspend everything in the name of that transcendent knowledge affirming it. Ya Allah, in a time that he has chosen, not the time you chose. So the Shaykh he he takes this Hikam and kind of teaches us how to medicate. You know, your, your, your extreme passion does not have the ability to pierce qada and qadr. Later on, he says, don't allow the delayed response, the gift, and the intense dua that you've been making to cause you to despair. Trust Allah. He has guaranteed you the answer. In what He has chosen for you. Not in what you've chosen for yourself. In a time He has appointed, not in a time you have appointed. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, increase our trust in Him. And that's one of the best ways to increase our capacity for resiliency. And resilience is to trust Allah, to trust Allah's knowledge, to trust Allah's plan. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Zakam Allah khairan wa barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.